You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. Hi, this is Kim, and welcome to our episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Today, I'm excited to have a special guest with me. Her name is Maureen Sansom, and she is one of my friends from Down Under. She's in Australia, and she's also a choice theory person. And when I was talking about wanting to have topics and subjects for my podcast, Maureen had a great idea, and she's here today to help us understand some things about choice theory. I thought maybe, Maureen, you'd like to start. First of all, let me say, Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and talk with us today. Thank you, Kim, for inviting me. Could just start telling us about when did you learn about choice theory and what was all of that like for you? Okay, my story is about learning to manage my relationships, given that I live my life from a different perspective and have a different belief to most people I know. So other than people associated with the Glasser Institutes around the world, I do have a different belief to most of my family and many of my friends. So the question for me has been, how can I stay close to the people I need and love in my life, given that I do have a different belief system? My belief about choice theory, which we all know is an internal control psychology, as opposed to an external control psychology. Choice theory has offered me an understanding about how and why we behave the way we do and teaches me that I'm in control of my mental health. I started to learn about choice theory in 2007. From the very first week of my training, I thought, wow, this is for me. It offered me an insight and awareness about personal responsibility and how to take care of my own mental health and well-being. So even though I thought I was doing okay up until that point, but I really was not okay. I hadn't realised that I was not satisfying my needs successfully and I was way out of balance. So choice theory offered me an understanding and a way of finding a feeling of personal freedom and inner peace. But my journey is still ongoing. So I hadn't realised that I was a person who behaved and lived my life from a place of fear. I felt less than important compared to everyone else I knew. And my main goal in life was to please everyone. I thought that was okay, but I really was not the person that I was meant to be. I wasn't living, certainly wasn't living my best life. Dr. Glass's choice theory was like a light bulb moment for me. I couldn't believe it. I was overwhelmed. I remember thinking, this is an explanation, easy for me to understand and live by. Everything made perfect sense and I loved it. And I started telling everybody about it. I was on my way of becoming less dependent on others for my happiness and my well-being. Although it took a quite a long time before I completely understood Dr. Glass's messages, I talked about it all the time. I could not get enough of choice theory. And I've continued to live my life learning about it. I do everything I can to promote Dr. Glass's work. I love it. I believe that the people of our world definitely have a need to feel more connected to one another and themselves, and choice theory offers a way of doing that. It certainly has for me. Whenever I've noted a challenge with any relationship difficulty that any member of my family are having, I would tell them about how helpful choice theory has been for me and it could be for them as well. I'm the eldest of five children. 
as a child, I lived with my parents who were dairy farmers. And being farmers, my parents worked from daylight to dark. So this meant my mum and dad were away from our house, working on the property for long periods of time, for hours. So being the eldest of five, I was given the responsibility to care for my siblings every day, get them ready for school, make sure they cleaned their teeth and their shoes were tied up and their laces. And it was uh, just my role to care for my siblings, keep them safe from physical harm and emotional harm as well. That was a role that I took on, I guess. So I subconsciously believed that it was my role in life to care for my siblings. So my role in the family meant telling them, like my brothers and my sister, what to do, when to do it. It must have been really tough for them, although I didn't realise it then. They probably resented me from doing that. My siblings are all adults now and have children of their own, but I have reverted to my caregiver role on many occasions when I believed they were in need. So I've been preaching and teaching them about choice theory for a long time, and that was something that they did not necessarily want to hear. As a child, I felt valued and important when I cared for my siblings. And that was probably the only time I felt valued was when I was taking care of people. When I was a child, my mum would often tell me, you know, how she could not imagine how she would cope without me caring for for my brothers and sisters and my family. But we are just a family like many other families that has its share of difficulties. But as a child, I remember my parents struggling and I believe many of their needs were severely compromised, especially their financial, physical and emotional needs. My mother seemed to struggle more than most and I was often fearful, I guess. I too felt the enormity of survival and the need for calm. So I believe I grew to be emotionally aware when I detected unease. It was almost more than I could bear when my family were upset, anxious or depressed. I remember thinking, how can I make this better? What can I do? I did not like it when things were not going well. This became a way of life for me, the centre of my attention. I was very protective of my family. So after learning choice theory, and if I detected some unease, I would immediately revert to my lifelong behaviours of how can I make this better for everyone. I started talking and preaching choice theory to everyone who would listen, to some of my friends, but mainly to my family. I told them about the differences between internal and external control and the disconnecting behaviours of those living from, you know, from an external control perspective and the effect that external control has on each of us and our children. I continued to tell them about disconnecting behaviours and my belief that the reasons that many of us grow up feeling less than or inadequate or suffer from anxiety and depression, etc., is because we believe that others control us and have control over our feelings. And I was no different. And as I learned about it, I realised that the unhappiness of my family impacted me greatly. I tried to instill in everyone that it's not only the obvious vocal and physical means of control, but the passive-aggressive person, the victim, and the perpetrators that inflict emotional and physical pain to control, you know, that harms so many of us. We grow to live from a place of fear. So and I'm thinking that's where I developed my feelings of fear at all times. So we become unable to identify and express our true feelings without fear of retribution. 
and this was me. Why did I become so fearful of upsetting others? I certainly remember traumatic childhood events that have remained with me for a lifetime. The end result of external control and the inability to take care of my mental health resulted in uh, family breakdowns, anxiety, depression, the use of verbal abuse, violence, crime, drug addiction, all different behaviours used in an effort to manage our lives and the result of living with fear. It's a never-ending cycle and it goes from generation to generation. And Dr. Glasser was right when he taught us that external control is like a plague on society. I truly support this belief. I've lived it and have witnessed it within my own family and it's resulted in unbelievable loss and mental health issues for me and many people that I know. But choice theory offers a way of understanding about how and why we behave the way we do and how we become more aware of our own needs and the needs of people to help ensure the well-being of everyone. If only people become aware, express and accept their innermost feelings and beliefs, identify feelings that are holding them back from enjoying life to the max and doing something different to help themselves. Staying connected to my family is very important to me. Identifying these beliefs and feelings has helped me to move forward in a more effective life, my only life. Dr. Glasser was right again when he said, not only do we think we know what's right for ourselves, but we think we know what's right for others as well. And that's certainly been true in my case. And me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on many occasions, I've believed I knew and I know what's right for others, especially people in my family. You know, most of us, I believe, want our loved ones to be able to manage their lives effectively. We want them to be safe and healthy and have joy in their lives. I wanted this for myself and my family. But the problem starts when we try to control them to do what we believe they should do to achieve this well-being and happiness. And I was no exception to that rule. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we want them to live as we believe they should live to achieve this. And this was certainly true in my case. I could see that if only this would happen or if they behaved in a certain way, everything would be much better. I would not have to worry about their welfare all the time. Guess what? I can only control me, unfortunately. I can't make it happen. We all have different beliefs and perspectives about how each of us satisfy our needs and living our best life. The way I satisfy my needs, obviously, and the way I live my life is totally different to my siblings and my children. I would upset myself when I saw them struggling. I would worry and not settle until the matter was resolved. After all, it's been my role to take care of them always, to make it right. But guess what? They don't think I know best and have at times rejected my efforts when I've offered my well-intentioned advice or questioned them about what they could do to improve the situation. If and when I felt out of balance or some of my family relationships were not as connected as I would have liked, I would start again to quote Dr. Glass's words and the principles of choice theory. I've asked some reality therapy questions like, how do you want it to be? <laughs> how do you want to feel? What are you doing, etc.? But that's not what they wanted to hear. They just wanted me to listen. And they would, you know, blame others and criticise others and People just realise that life does not have to be this hard. 
there are some things we can change and control to find more happiness and joy in our life. It seemed as though my questions were often perceived as criticism and taking personal responsibility was not something that some people wanted to embrace. Blaming others or wanting others to change was much easier, as it has been for me as well. But I know that way of thinking does not solve the problems. I too wanted other people to change. I wanted them to change what they were doing and what they were thinking. I believe this had to happen to ensure my happiness as well. I hated it when I suspected people were angry with others. I was a peacemaker, keep the status quo and don't deliberately upset anyone. That was the way I lived my life or tried to. Given that my family is like so many families, I know that some of them live their life from an external control perspective. I've had to accept this, but when possible, I've continued, though, with my well-meaning discussions on choice theory and the effects that external control has on all of us. I believed that this was a way of helping to prevent and overcome any mental health issues that any of us might have been dealing with. I wanted to help everyone's relationships stay connected, but not everybody, unfortunately, agreed with me. I believe that everyone, that each and everyone can manage their own well-being to improve the quality of their lives. But many times my preaching or teaching fell on deaf ears. Was I too trying to control to help? Like everyone, I have the best intentions in mind for my families. What else could I do? So this has been challenging for me to navigate. I found it difficult to listen to conversations with people constantly criticising one another, especially family. It goes against my being. People are just not aware of another person's thoughts about why they may be behaving in the way they are. They don't know what the other person's perception of a situation is. After all, we all do the very best we can at any time with the information that we currently have. Even when we know better, sometimes it is still too hard to manage ourselves more effectively. I have a quality world picture of everyone being peaceful and responsible, but I've had to change my picture at times. It's just not possible. So it's the who I am and the who I've become that has often been inhibitive of good flowing conversation with my family. It's been a personal journey for me, not a journey that I was able to bring my whole family on. It's as though I need to navigate new relationships with people I love. A new me has emerged. My belief has definitely inhibited my conversation with some people. I believe so strongly in the theory of choice theory and admire Dr. Glass's perseverance, really, when he was criticised by his peers for his beliefs. At times it is difficult to navigate conversations when other people have equally strong beliefs, especially if they believe in punishment of children and the use of external control to control others. I found it really difficult to watch and hear people hurt and criticise one another, but who is the only person I can control? It's me. So I've learned that it's sometimes best to keep the conversation to a time when it's safe to share them and with those who are interested in mental health. It also means just having a conversation with people when they've had a chance to think about it or, you know, it's not quite so relevant at the time. When people do have a different point of view, it's almost as though I've stood alone in my beliefs and that can be isolating in itself.
can be disconnecting to some degree. But accepting that others do have a different point of view is a part of accepting the situation and moving forward in a positive way to save the relationship. So the basis of a good relationship is to see and understand another person's perspective, to be able to be honest, speak from the heart, be authentic and to accept others' perspectives and not feel threatened by them. Family relationships can be difficult to navigate at the best of times. As a matter of fact, many relationships are difficult to navigate, but certainly families up there. It's been vital for me to navigate my relationships carefully. I realise how important everyone is to me. I love people, especially my family. So how can I reconstruct my relationships? What part of the old me do I keep? What part of the new me do I share? I find it difficult to sit back and watch and listen to people continue to destroy their relationships while using negative behaviours, not only with others but with themselves as well. Most people, I believe, are unaware of the value of quality relationships, not only at home but in our schools, in the workplace, in the communities. Everything resolves around good relationships, everything It is interesting to think about the matter of control. It's taken me a long time to realise that my happiness and well-being should not be dependent on the happiness and well-being of my family. A daughter or a sister, a mother or a grandmother and an aunt, my happiness should not be dependent on the quality of my family's lives. But how can one not be affected when our family is struggling emotionally and physically? It's a balancing act. How can I take care of myself as well as help my family even when they ask me for help? I have to support them and use the connecting habits to support, encourage, listen and trust them and respect every member of my family to ensure I do have quality relationships. For me, quality relationships is what ensures the quality of my life. It reminds me of some of the things that I've learned along the way as well. If you care about someone, of course, you're going to be affected that they're out of balance and unhappy. But Mm. people don't change until the pain of staying the same exceeds their fear of change. Another way of saying that using Glasser's chart would be their scales aren't out of balance enough yet to create that strong enough frustration signal to have them be willing to look at a different way. When I'm working with clients and they don't seem to want to make the move or change their behavior, I'll often think to myself, well, that makes sense. You're not in enough pain yet. And so developmentally in the change process, there's times where people have to sit with that and be in it. And the misery is a step on the way to change. So that helps me be less affected by it. It's certainly interesting to sit back and think about it at times and think, do I want this for me so I don't have to think about it, worry about it anymore? Or or is it for them? And I don't think it has to be one or the other. Mm. I think it could be both. You do want it for yourself and you do want it for them. Yes. I hope that from this conversation, listeners will understand that learning choice theory is not just reading a book and Mm. understanding Dr. Glasser's chart of how the brain works. It's Mm. application of ridding yourself as much as you can of external control in your life. And a lot of it is generated within you. How much Mm. external control are you trying to use with the people around you, even when you're doing it in a loving, caring way? 
Mm. and recognizing where you're allowing others to use external control with you and trying to break free from that. And it's Mm. a lifelong process. I don't know anybody that could say, oh, I got this choice theory stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There's always more to get. It's a real in-depth, amazing way to free yourself Mm. from feeling like you said, Maureen, that my happiness depends on other people, Mm. that it's your responsibility to fix people. Those are external control beliefs. Mm. Your responsibility is your happiness Mm. and the fixing and healing that you need to do. And if you can say that you're done, that you've done all the healing and all the fixing and you're perfect, well, then maybe you could turn your attention to somebody else in your life. (laughs) But until you have your business in order, you probably shouldn't be telling other people how to live their life. Yes. Well, I I think it'll take a long time before I get my business in order. So it's a work in progress. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Me too. I want to thank you so much, Maureen, for coming on today. I really enjoyed the conversation and thank you for sharing what I imagine is some painful realizations that you've had during your choice theory journey. But I believe that sharing the mistakes and the learning that we've made from those mistakes can help others avoid the same pitfalls. So thank you so much for being brave and sharing that with us today. Uh, Thank you so much, Kim, for inviting me. Thank you. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.